a saying, it's a Yiddish saying, but I'll say it in English, that if you think positive, it will become positive. And how do you say that in Yiddish? What's the, what's the saying in Yiddish? Tracht gut, wird sein gut. Think positive, it will become positive. This is Rabbi Levi Gertrop. Yes, my name is Rabbi Levi Gertrop. I am the uh, rabbi of the uh, executive director of Bada of Oceanside. We are in Oceanside, uh, Long Island, and we service the uh, south shore of Long Island. I called Rabbi Gurkov because he was one of the Long Island community leaders sounding the alarm about coronavirus. The coronavirus outbreak has completely upended the way we live now. And in the face of it, Rabbi Gurkov was doing more than just thinking positive. He was suspending synagogue functions and moving Torah lessons online. He was figuring out how to get supplies to elders so they didn't have to go outside. And he was telling the congregation that, look, changing the way we practice religion at a time like this is not against religion. It's literally written into it. The Talmud tells us that you can desecrate one, one Shabbat, one Shabbat, uh, that one can undo or override the observance of the Shabbat due to health reasons uh, so the person can be able to um, observe many more Shabbatot in the future. It's a key message, and some Americans were slow to get it which is why you saw those pictures of people on a beach for spring break or at a hip outdoor bar or celebrating at a big Hasidic wedding in Brooklyn despite a state order banning large events. Rabbi Gurkhoff said, religious laws put your health first. It's the same, the same laws that tell us, tells us that we have to do certain things to live in a certain, in a, to certain, conform to certain laws. Those laws get suspended completely um, and mandated to take care of your health because it becomes the primary. I'm Mark Chisano from Newsday Opinion, and this is our new podcast about life under coronavirus. It's an oral history of Long Islanders and New Yorkers dealing with coronavirus, a plague which isn't going away anytime soon. You and we and many of our neighbors will likely be stuck in our homes or riding empty trains to necessary jobs or laying low for the foreseeable future. So this podcast will tell the stories of how Long Islanders are dealing with all that and what they're trying to do to help. One of those helpers is Rabbi Gurkhoff. The reports were coming in from my colleague in China. I have a couple of colleagues. I belong to we belong to a organization, a worldwide organization that has close to 5,000 different centers, such as the one that I have in Oceanside. Rabbi Gurkhoff knew it was coming because Gurkhoff is part of a community of Chabad synagogues and rabbis around the world. There was one in China not far from Wuhan where the coronavirus outbreak began. And there was one in Italy. My colleagues and uh, have a good friend of mine that went to school with, who was a Chabad rabbi in Milan. He was telling me that, uh, you know, wake up. This is a real serious problem. Uh, the, 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 the American government, in his, in his opinion, I mean, all the people, even forget about the government, but everybody else, citizens weren't taking it serious. This was a week ago. And um, he was convinced that it's going to happen the way Italy shut down. The rest of Europe is going to shut down and uh, America eventually will catch up. Part of the advice U.S. health officials are giving now is for vulnerable seniors to stay inside. So Rabbi Gurkhoff started to organize a way for he and some staffers and volunteers to suit up in protective gear, masks and gloves, and drop off groceries or medicine or whatever was needed to older people in the community. There was a WhatsApp a voice message from a colleague of mine from Massachusetts that he has a congregant that has an aunt that lives here in Oceanside and uh, an, an elderly person. Well, generally well, but elderly. 
and they were concerned of uh, of them going out and um, and then not heeding the advice, being very independent, uh, independent-minded. So they wanted me to just check up on them to see how they're doing. So Rabbi Gurkhav gives this woman a call, and she called me back up five minutes later, and and she said that um, yes, uh, you know she's homebound, she's okay. Uh, she really appreciated the fact that I left her a message that her niece was concerned. She said that um, the only thing that she would need would be Tylenol because she usually takes Advil. So I went to pick them up and I got a whole stash of it. So for, for other people who need it, I'll have it. So I, I was able to give it to her and she was very happy. But she, did her, she, actually, she actually did her groceries the other day, uh, but she said I strongly, cons- uh, you know, strongly advised her that she needs anything else, she shouldn't go out. So she was worried about the Passover holiday that, uh, you know, doing her shopping for pre-Passover, I told her I'll do it for her. She was very relieved and very happy. And how old was she about, you know, approximately? She should be 80, 81. Yeah. Um, and did she, uh, so how did it work when you went and dropped the Tylenol? I, dro- I, I dropped it off at her front door and I said, uh, I'm, uh, you know, she wanted me to come in. I said, no, that defeats the whole purpose. Like, <laughs> like, you see, like what I'm, I'm trying to explain, uh, what I'm trying to convey is that it, it's very serious. People should, should people should understand that it, it's not just you know someone else is going to get it, uh, you know, and, and and that it's just a flu. This is a real. Uh, we have to we have to change our social mind, uh, social setting in our mind and how we interact with people. You know, I, I as a rabbi, I you know I shake people's hands, I give them a hug, and now that whole thing is uh, is gone. You know, now I have to after whatever I can convey with a handshake, I have to convey with a smile. One of the rabbinical duties that's changed now is funerals. Rabbi Gurkhoff recently had to preside over one, not related to coronavirus. But now, and going forward, we have to think about the way we're gathering. The individual was an elderly uh, person and passed away. Uh, what would you call natural causes, not not right. the virus. And at the funeral itself, um, you know, again, a little bit disappointed, but a, a disappointed meaning, first of all, we did only graveside service as opposed to a chapel service. Uh, and at the graveside itself, I tried to spread everybody out as much as possible. Rabbis around the world are also preparing for a different way to say the traditional prayer for the dead, which requires a quorum of 10 people. That's too many for one place in the age of coronavirus. We say the prayer for the dead, it needs uh, it needs a quorum of 10 so uh, innovatively, what they're doing is um, in, in places that are, that are conducive for this, that if, if 10 people would meet, there would be literally on the street, on a big parking lot, and everybody is at least 10 feet away from each other. He hasn't conducted any of these yet, but there's a way they can do this. Hold the ceremony safely somewhere else. What I do have is... Uh, um, uh, there is a statement in the Talmud that says that uh, God did a, a tzedakah, he did a righteous thing by spreading the Jewish people uh, around the world. And the reason why they, they said it's a, it's a blessing that we are scattered around the world is because when one community is in need, uh, the, the, the community that's foreign in a different, in different place can actually help them out. So uh, being scattered is not a necessarily a negative. It could be into a positive. So uh, we have places that are 
in uh, uh, whether it be um, now in China that uh, that the restrictions are less, or different places um, in the world that we we so I give I give them an email. Can you make up make the prayer, the Kaddish prayer for this individual? And you give them the name, and when they put together that quorum, uh, they say it on the, on behalf of that uh, that departed. And have you done that yet for uh, yes, for anyone yes, in here? Yes, 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 yes. I've done that. Yes, that's 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 the way I'm going about it, as opposed to making in a, a, a minion, which is known as a quorum of people to pray in in my parking lot or anything like that, because we we want to uh, minimize the social gathering right. here. I asked Rabbi Gurkhov how he and his synagogue are adapting to this new reality. I mean, it must be strange because these are such communal events, right? But you yeah. have to do them without actually seeing other people. How, how, how is that working for you? So that, it, it's, it's definitely, definitely unprecedented. This is something that is uh, no one ever experienced this before. Um, you know, the only thing that we can think of in terms of like in the, in the history of of time is that uh, we're kind of be celebrating shortly the holiday of Passover. And when God told the Jewish people that he's going to go and smite the firstborn on the night of, the, of Passover, he wanted all the, the Jewish families, all those who were not, who are not going to be subject to this punishment of the firstborn dead, to stay indoors and lock and close their doors and have the first Seder, have the first meal, holiday meal. So the Jews actually were quarantined family to family, each family on their own in Egypt. This is, uh, this is the night of the Exodus. He said that was a time of calamity and it's similar today. Everyone has to take precaution, whether you feel strong and, 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 and healthy and you think it's not going to get you. Rabbi said he was reaching for some hope even in this time, there was that saying. Think positive, it will become positive. So our attitude is a very, very important thing at this time. We are people, I'm saying we, I'm speaking on behalf particularly of the Jewish people, we're, we're, we're believers, natural believers, and children of believers, that uh, we know that everything that happens is there's, there's someone running the show. We know that the Almighty has a program in place. We, ha- we don't understand a lot of times. In our history, we've, we've gone through a history of not understanding certain things, yet we don't understand exactly why this is part of how this helps. But I'm assured and I know that this is part of that ultimate plan of making the world into a better place. And everything I do and every challenge I have, I'm supposed to be of service. So anything that we can do to turn this around to become a helpful person and be part of the solution and bringing this to an end, that's a mandate. So think positive and it will become positive. And uh, listen to the professionals. Listen to the to the uh, professional health uh, administrations that gives us um, gives us advice and professional advice, and then we'll be okay. If you know of someone we should be covering, or you want to share your own experience about coronavirus in New York, leave us a voicemail with your name and phone number at six three one two one three one five four three. That's six three one two one three one five four three with your response to the Opinion Department's Life Under Coronavirus podcast. We may use your message as the basis for a future episode. We'll be conducting a lot of this podcast over the phone, so we're not contributing to spreading the disease ourselves. But that means we're even more hopeful that you'll call and leave us a voicemail and tell us about how the disease is affecting you and your corner of the world. This podcast was produced by Amanda Ficina. 
Once again, I'm Mark Chisano from Newsday Opinion. Stay healthy. See you next time.